0: Hi, I'm Jenny Stein of the Twip Family Show on the Twip Network. You're listening to This Week in Photo.
1: Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the Cashfly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with Cashfly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode of TWiP is brought to you by FreshBooks. They're the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just go to freshbooks.com TWiP and enter TWiP in the how did you hear about us section when signing up. The Out of Chicago Photography Conference is taking its show on the road for the Out of New York Photography Conference. It's going to be held October 14th through 15th. Join myself, Rick Salmon, Brian Peterson, Lindsay Adler, Valerie Jardin, Steve Simon, RC Concepcion, and the rest of the lineup for an amazing hands-on photography experience in the heart of beautiful New York City. Use the code TWIP100 for $100 off the $349 registration fee for April. Just go to outofnewyork.com for more information and see you in New York City. This is TWIP episode 463. Oh baby, I like it raw. OnOne Software is set to release the first new camera raw processor in over a decade, with the introduction of their new photo raw processor. But can this new software compete with the established camera raw workflow, pioneered by Adobe? And do they really want to? And in conjunction with that conversation, we discuss the controversy over delivering raw files to clients. Is this a good move? One Australian photographer says no. It's Monday, May second, twenty sixteen, and this is Twip. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host Frederick Van Johnson. Uh, here on the show, we've got two familiar faces slash voices and one slightly unfamiliar face slash voice. Well, starting with the familiar, are Miss Sarah France from Sarah France Photography? Is it photographers or photography?
0: It's France Photographers, or Sarah France. That's it. Either one of those. One <laughs> of those. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Wedding photographer extraordinaire, builder of uh, wedding photography empires down in Southern California. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. You can put that on your business card if you want. I won't mind. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Southern California and, and Central U.S. now with the addition of Austin, Texas. So. Oh, good. Look at that. Yeah. You know,
1: oh, we got to talk about that then. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very interesting. All right, also, the other familiar voice face is Mr. Don Komarechka, ruler of the north. Hey, Don, <laughs> what's, what's going on? Here? Ruler of the north. Holy cow,
2: I've been called worse. <laughs> I love this. I'm in a Game of Thrones mood, so you know,
0: <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> thank you for having me back on, Frederick. This is going to be a really fun show. You're welcome, Jon Snow. All right, so <laughs> he's back. The, he's back,
1: right? So the other, the other voice that you hear is a good friend of mine, Matt. Matt Kloskowski. I've known you for a long, long time, though. It seems like it's gone fast because we
3: very rarely get to actually have conversations. So yeah, good show, man. Oh, thanks, man. It's uh, you know, it, it actually just hit me like ten seconds ago as you said that. Kind of what we're about to talk about is wh- how we met years exactly. ago. Exactly.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah, which is going to make this a really interesting show.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's actually even better because now I know that you, you have history about this that I'm going to refer to, and you'll be able to collaborate. With it. Yeah. Well, why don't you? Why don't we
1: just dive into the show since we've, dive we've done in, introductions? Man. <laughs> so. Matt, you you when we met, you were with the Kelby kind of organization over there, and now you are now with you're running things marketing wise at least. I think over at On One Software, right? So, how is it on on One? Like, what do you you guys? You're the main story of this episode, which is why obviously why you're on the show. Aside from being an awesome guy, but (laughs) on One, you made the leap from kind of education into full on software. Development enterprise and all that. How's that transition been? It's been good. So
3: it's it's actually, uh, I work. I went on one to to actually more get into education, um, which which is funny because it actually ties into a lot what we're going to talk about. Because so imagine, you know, imagine t- two years ago, three years ago. So all these apps and plugins that that we all know and that we've all seen for for the last ten years, fifteen years in Photoshop. I think Apple really changed the game when 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 they got software down to the prices that they got software down to. Yeah. So imagine you're imagine you're a, an app or a plugin company that plugs into Lightroom or Photoshop. So you guys, if you've been using Lightroom or Photoshop for ten years, you remember you used to pay four or five hundred dollars for these things, mm-hmm. and then the price went down to three fifty, and then three hundred, and then two fifty, and because you can't hold these prices when Apple starts the game of just pricing everything at crazy low prices, you know, then look at Adobe, Adobe followed by, you know, $9.99 a month and all these different things. So, so now you're, you're these plugin companies and you can't charge three and $400 like you used to. So the prices are going down. How are you going to keep people around, Mm -hmm. keep people around with education, Um, give them something more than just the the software but actually give them you know education on how to use it and how to use it in their workflow and that's that's kind of what what i made the leap um from kelby for was to head up the educational side of things for on one to and basically you know they had a good educational footprint there was a a, a big part of the website that was dedicated to it but my job was to come in and, and make that more and really take take everybody that's in that on one ecosystem, make them really, really happy and, and really show them how to use their software. So that's kind of been that's my great. transition over to there. The cool part about it's been that I, I kind of like just to, like there's things I like about software and apps and I never really had the platform to say, hey, do this, do this. Adobe was always pretty good about coming in and saying, what do you guys want? But you got to understand I was, I was one of hundreds of people that they would pull to see what should go in the next version of Lightroom. Yeah, so when yeah. I made the move over to ON1, now I became one of a very small group of people <laughs> that that really got to have input into the product.
1: You got input into the toys that you use and the tools that you use every yeah. day, right? Yeah. That's good. And I got to say, I got to piggyback on that. You, you, One of, I think, your superpowers is you have an amazing way of being able to take a complex kind of intimidating subject and make it feel approachable and less intimidating. Which Thank is you. Yeah, you're welcome, which is a testament to being a good teacher. You know, being able to decomplexify complex ideas. So uh so one of the decomplexifications of complex ideas is raw. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a segue? So it's raw. Yeah, that was good. So like I said in the show notes, guys, so, you know, part this, I think most of this episode is going to be about Raw, the Raw format, its history, where things are going. And Matt, on one, you guys revealed your plans to kind of reimagine and breathe some life into uh, a space that most people didn't even know needed life breathed into it, right? So you're kind of... Taking what we already knew with, yeah. with the traditional raw processors from Adobe and others and doing something different from that. So, I want to ask, so, you know, Don and Sarah, you guys are here. Before I let Matt go into kind of what the positioning of this thing is, you guys have saw the video. I, I, we're going to link to Matt's overview video in the blog post for this. And I would encourage viewers to go watch that as well. Short, concise, kind of gives an idea of what, the, what On One is after. But, Sarah, with you first. Looking at this from the working wedding photographer standpoint, On One wants to reimagine and kind of refine raw processing, you know, the raw processing engine, kind of, you know, what we've been using all along in Photoshop and Camera Raw and, and also in Lightroom. Now they're, they're taking a different kind of position on it. What they're doing, based on what you saw in some of these videos that, that On One has posted, does it fit into what you do as an everyday wedding photographer?
0: Absolutely. I think that there's, I mean, the speed capabilities is really, really huge. So um, when I saw the video, I, my first thing that popped into my head is like, how? And like, how did they, wait, but how? How? <laughs> it's like, just math. Come on. Look. Because... <laughs> I feel like back in the days when I was on like Apture advisory panel and working with them, you know, involved in a small group, actually, believe it or not, um, trying to advise on this stuff. I mean, we would talk to the engineers about specifically like, like this has to be faster, like make this quick, this needs Mm -hmm. to be fast. And so the fact that they've figured it out, supposedly I haven't actually tested it myself. So it's, it looks like they've like figured it out. It's mm-hmm. really to me it just makes me wonder like, yep how how'd you do that? Like is yeah. that really does that really work the way that it I looks like
1: it works? smart
3: that, people.
1: They you, <laughs> you you like, you know, put the horsepower on that graphics card inside the computer. I
3: I see I mean <laughs> right? and, and that's a big part of it. I know like I mean I don't wanna ruin your questions, but I mean one no, of the questions was was, you know, what does state-of-the-art mean, yes. um, but, but that's, a, that's a big part of it is, is where, you know, look at where a lot of the raw editors were built. I mean, they were built 10-plus years ago, mm-hmm. and, and processing power was very, very different then, so, so this one is built from the ground up, no, no existing code from the ground up to take advantage of today's computer. And that's what I want to talk
1: about. That that is because that's a double edged sword. And I want to, and you, as you know from the notes, I want to I want to dive into that a little bit. Don Comarechka, you you are one of those people that you get into dialogues with Adobe engineers and product managing <laughs> management people. Asking, asking like for me. little nuances at a sub-pixel level, right? So you're you're perfect. Oh <laughs> you're perfect for this show. You saw this. What did this get you excited when you saw? You know what? what? what I, I almost
2: doing? I almost want to stand up and just applaud you for this whole project and everything that you're doing with it. Um, but that does not come without questions, um, and so those questions they they're really interesting to me because I'm I'm the 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 tech I'm the geek of the panel. So please bear with me when I ask. And just questions, so you know, I'm not. So I can't promise. <laughs> like, if they're techie, I can't promise well, like an I can mean, answer them. resolves down to the pixel level, not sub-pixel. One of the things, like, I, I love On1 software. Uh, like, I use their uh, Perfect Resize uh, quite regularly because I find that it does a better job at scaling when I'm going to be printing something big. Um, oh, and yeah. a lot of my work that I do... Um, uh, say like in the wintertime when I'm doing snowflake work or whatever. It's very mathematical. It's very geometrical and On1 software works so wonderfully Um, and it does it very fast compared to other software. If I look at my, uh, my processor usage, uh, Perfect Resize, as an example, uses every ounce of power my computer has to, to make it happen. Like it just, uh, it's what I call, and I don't know if it's an actual term, but I say it like it's n-core optimized. My computer has 24 cores and 48 threads, and Perfect Resize, as an on-one product, just takes everything you throw at it and just crunches numbers, and I love that um does this raw processor do that so i think so (laughs)
3: um i i know i know a great question i I know most of frederick kind of said it before but i know i know a lot of the work has been put to the graphics card um Mm -hmm. and when i'm in meetings i hear terms like shaders and all that stuff so i don't know <laughs> if that means anything to you no it does <laughs> but, it does and so but, that
2: that's going to be graphics cards and the, the graphics processors are really where the big muscle is going to be pushed in the next little while uh because they're the, you can buy a better graphics card as an upgrade to any computer and if that is a uh, a viable uh sort of upgrade path to a professional say like on I, i'm a pc user so i can just in a new graphics card, and then yeah. everything is better. Um, and so, if that's the case, then that that's almost equal to that. Uh, and I guess that's where some of the speed is coming from.
1: So well, it, Matt. So Matt, that, dude, just to, to dive in here, I want to I want to piggyback on that. So the the speed piece of it, and let's just take that. So we brought that up the the idea of the biggest piece that is exciting, at least the people on this panel, myself included, are the speed increases. Which seemed magical, right? So to to be able to take a giant, I think in the in your example video, you had like a forty something, you it know, it was a
3: it was an A seven R two file, so yeah, a 42, huge A7R2 A seven R two
1: file, dropped it in there and instantly displayed, no kind of, you know, blocking up or resing up. So that was that was really exciting. Um, so so and and based on the literature that I read about this release, it's offloading a lot of the heavy lifting to the graphics coprocessor that most uh, modern computers have. However, my question is, goes to number one on my talking points here: um, on one engineers versus Adobe engineers. So on the one hand, you know, and maybe it's not a versus that's being you know inflammatory, but on the one hand, you have decades, <laughs> decades of experience, right? These guys have been polishing pixels since there was a pixel, right? So they they know their way around this stuff. And then on the other hand, you could argue that hey. It's time for something fresh and new. These guys have been polishing their Pixel using the same old tools for decades. We're gonna come in and wipe the slate clean and do something completely fresh. Which is right? Like, which which is right? Do we go with? The status quo, or do we place bets on the new thing and say, you know, hey, this new thing might might actually be better. I don't know. What do you think? I'm trying not to get political with them. No,
2: of that. no, and
1: I'll,
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give you the very politically correct answer, which, which is actually the answer that I believe, which is there, the Adobe engineers and the On, on engineers. All good people, all super crazy smart people that yeah. know more than I'll, uh, forgotten more than I'll ever know about all that stuff. So yeah. um, I think Adobe, 10 years ago, built the best that could be built at the time. Um, and, and after that, every version that comes out, you just can't keep, you can't build from build from the ground up. And say, yeah. I'm going to make so a whole new So they're saddled, new, you know, saddled new by legacy. come out. We're just going to tear everything down and start mm-hmm. from scratch again. So so what happens is, is you have to take advantage of the technology. So great engineers, super smart. They know what they're doing. Um, but I do think years and years and years of development on top of each other um, give you a different perspective on things than, say, on one. Again, equally as talented. I mean, I love the guys. So, the, I mean, they're super talented. Sure. Equally as talented people... And they've had to do the same thing with on-one effects and perfect resize and portrait and the black and white. They've had to do the same thing. They're given this existing technology. You have to make money every year. You can't just say, yeah, you know what? Let's take four years off. Let's rewrite the thing from scratch. You know, you got to make money. So, so now you, get to, you have this time where you can turn these guys loose and say, guys, build it the way that you want it
2: yeah, get the right yeah.
3: people in place. you know the 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 people that we have in place to do that, they've been doing this stuff for ten plus years too. So they've gone down all the paths. they've experimented with all the paths, and they're able to come in with all of that knowledge and say, all right, that works, that works, that doesn't work. And then speed up that all that that whole time of creating this because, They've had all this time to like they're salivating to do it, right? You know yeah. now. now like they, if now I that could, they if I just time had the, time the to keys,
1: do it. if I just had the keys, I would do this. So, Sarah, yeah. I want to have you. I, I want to make a statement. I want to have you chime in on this piece. So, with that, you know, we've got. I mean, the software, arguably on both sides, is going to be great, right? So, what what the demos, the YouTube videos that you guys put up look fantastic, Matt. Right. And then on the Adobe side. You, there's the legacy but with legacy comes familiarity mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. and then when you have a working pro like sarah you know or both of you guys don and sarah you have you, uh, but i would argue more so probably on the sarah side cuz she's doing volume, volume stuff you know volume. and yeah. time time is really critical yeah. so yes yeah, she's going to save time if the, if this software does what it looks like it's going to do she'll save time on that side but then there's a switching costs Of years and years and maybe a decade of time invested into how things go and learning with Adobe and Lightroom and all that. And now, you know, even though this looks shiny and new and maybe better, is it worth it to switch over? Sarah, what what do you think? Is it worth it for your business to kind of take on something as monumental as a switch?
0: Well, when we look into something like this, I always um, I always take on the responsibility of testing it myself to kind of Mm -hmm. see if it is worth it, because I'm not going to, you know, train everybody on it, switch switch over everything and then be like two weeks later, oh, wow, well, this really isn't saving us any time. So I always go through kind of like a testing process and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to see how much quicker it could be. Is it, is it going to be worth it to make the switch, especially during a time like this because we're in the beginning of wedding season, it's already started. So making a switch is even harder sometimes because we've just got so much going on. So yeah. we're already just trying to kind of keep our heads above water. Um yeah but if something can save us time then i'm absolutely going to do it because yeah. if i can train some everyone for a day on what the difference is between softwares and we can make that switch happen and then we can save hours on the back end absolutely i mean and and it depends too like one of the things i saw in, in um, the video that really enticed me was being able to keep images on a server, which is one of our biggest issues that we have with Lightroom right now. Oh, I and, didn't see that part. Oh. And you have to keep in mind, too, that at least for us in this, as a studio, we haven't been on Lightroom that long because we were on Aperture until they shut it down. So for us, making the switch isn't probably as hard as some other studios who are you know really used to that process. But... Yeah. The, that keeping stuff on like a a server or um in in Dropbox in some cases, I mean that's kind of big for what we do, but those kind of like networking capabilities are one of our huge challenges with four or five computers in the studio. So um that was definitely something I wanted to hear more about.
1: Yeah. So Matt Matt with that, I mean that you're you're driving the education piece of this. So People like Sarah are gonna gonna look to you for the quick ramp up. You, what kind of things you guys have planned for the launch that are gonna help Sarah not, you know, skip a beat with her
3: business? Um, so, I mean, first off, there'll there'll be a migration kit. so oh. the will you know there's already in the works in in a, a migration path that covers um, all the questions that somebody would have if they were um, using something else, but. You know, to to kind of, I guess, to kind of go back to to some of the things you were saying before. Um, you know, to you know, you, you get you get familiar with your current workflow and everything. Right. Um, yeah. I, I'm unfortunately, I think I'm going to take some of the salaciousness out of this, saying oh, damn. That, <laughs> <in> saying, <laughs> and saying, and saying, and I and I'm being honest, like when. Over time, where the idea to do this, because obviously this idea just didn't come out a month ago, um, yeah. th- this idea has been around for a long time. It was just the timing was good for it. Um, you know, with, uh, with Nick going free, um, with the effects plugins and everything, you know, look at it like effects are commoditized. The effects engine and on one is one of our biggest selling points. And but Craig, the owner, uh, the owner and president of On One, I mean he he's recognized this for a long time. Um, it's one of our biggest selling points, but we've seen that that effects are gonna become commoditized if they're not already are. You know, they're they're getting close Mm -hmm. to almost all free. So you need something else. And and it really came from listening to the customer. So so where I'm gonna take the salaciousness out of this is that when we sat down in meetings, this wasn't like, okay guys. Let's get together and how do we get people off Lightroom and into yeah. On One? Like, what's our strategy? What are we going to do? Like, it honestly did not happen like that. Um, it first and foremost came from there, there's tens and tens of thousands of On One users. And then, mm-hmm. like, you know, like you guys had said, you love On One. Um, they, they like that workflow, they jump in, and they've really liked Browse. Um, You know, Browse is something and I've been pushing Browse for for forever since I started there because I've always wanted a super fast browser. So we've gotten a lot of people to like Browse. Um, Mm -hmm. People love perfect resize. People love perfect effects. um, They love the black and white filters and perfect effects. Uh, Portrait retouching for people that don't shoot a lot of portraits is super simple. And so this is really in response to the customers saying, you know what, guys? You got me in the beginning. You got me at the end. And you make me leave the in the in middle to go do something else. So, but give the, what me you're that putting stuff.
1: together, what you guys put together, Matt, a, a, when we see it in a couple of months, we, we could talk about release dates um, as to the extent that you yeah. can in a minute. But the, in the end, if you put something together that is a viable and obvious alternative to Lightroom, whether, you, whether, you, whether it's with intent or without intent, it's like saying manslaughter versus involuntary <laughs> yeah. manslaughter. The, the yeah. dude's still dead, right? <laughs> so, yeah.
3: so, so, so yeah, what I'd ahead. say to that is, is I think I think there's a group of people perfectly happy with the Lightroom Photoshop workflow. Um, yeah. And Frederick, we can go back. This is how you and I met back in yeah. the Adobe Light. I mean, Lightroom was in beta, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think we were yeah. in Orlando and in some place, some restaurant, like they were showing talking That's about right. the, all this stuff so Lightroom yeah. was in beta before it was ever even in public beta and we're talking about this stuff but yeah. Lightroom was developed for the professional right look who mm-hmm. look look at the masterminds behind Lightroom it, they're yeah. all pros and it was developed for a professional and I think there's a ton of people that will still use a Lightroom Photoshop workflow but I do think there's people that maybe don't want the free OS photo app on their, their OS that comes with their OS, but they might not be at the Lightroom Photoshop place and they want something in between, you know, they want the simplicity so like an advanced of amateur
1: a, target. You mean
3: amateur, amateur hobbyists, extreme hobbyist. Um, mm-hmm. you know, here's what I found is, is I talked to a lot of people that are just really passionate about photography and they might not be a professional photographer that shoots, um, you know, thousands of images every week, but they want their workflow to be professional and they want the results to be professional. And there is a buy in to Lightroom. There's a catalog, there's an organizing system that mm-hmm. takes time to understand. I, you know, I've, I've taught it for many, many years and I use it, but there are times where I get a folder of photos on my computer and I just want to browse through them. And yeah. so, right now, what I have to do is I go into browse because I just I don't want to catalog it and I don't want to import it and do all this stuff because they're not photos that I really care to archive and do stuff with. So right now what I have to do is open it up and browse. I can browse through super fast. It's like photo mechanic, right? And then now I got to drag it over into Photoshop and I got to you know, open up Camera Raw, which is really a single image editor. It's not a bulk image editor. Mm -hmm. um and do my raw editing and then open it in photoshop and then go filter effects and open it in effects and apply my black and whites and all that stuff and then come back so there's a broken workflow there for somebody that just wants to browse photos yeah so you guys are gonna you're gonna short circuit that
1: and and allow people to just like become kind of like an operating system for photos instead of a
3: a a one-off surgical tool per se that that's that's what i that's that's what what I'm pushing for is give me a super, super fast way to just browse photos. I don't want to catalog. I don't want to do anything. And then give me a lightning fast raw processor that works excellent on my raw photos and doesn't have any lag. Like at, at its core, that's what I want. That's something yes. that gets me to switch from Lightroom Photoshop to using this all the time.
1: All right. So Don Komarechka on that. If is is this a carrot is this carrot juicy enough to entice you to drop your Creative Cloud subscription and move into this? You know, assuming that you were on just the photo, the photographer bundle, right? Well, yeah, uh, and, and
2: so no, uh, but only because I, I use Photoshop for some weird stuff that I don't think anything else can do. Um, mm-hmm. But I love to work smarter, not harder. I love to put the effort uh, into something and then no more. If it requires more effort than I think it requires, then I get upset about it. And I remember uh, a number of years ago, I I was on a a Q&A panel uh, just kind of posting questions to some of the uh, Lightroom development team. And uh, uh, Tom Hogarty and a few of the other uh, 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 top-level guys there were answering questions. And I remember this was when Lightroom 3 was going into beta. And uh, I asked them, um, is there any technical reason why hsl adjustments hue saturation and luminance adjustments cannot be tied to a uh, a local adjustment brush and they said no right. there's no technical reason why that can't be done well right. now we're in lightroom in the creative cloud however many years later it has never been done mm. and for me well then okay if i want to do those kinds of adjustments i have to go to photoshop i have to open up a hue and saturation adjustment layer I have to make my adjustments as I need in that. And then I have to apply that via a layer mask. I have to leave my workflow to go to Photoshop because something that could have been done technically has not been done. And so I- you're saying you want
1: those. But well, to Matt's to Matt's argument about <clears throat> excuse me about um this this photo raw software is it's not really targeted at you
2: right so what, no but it is It's targeted not designed at, to
1: solve that issue that's an adobe Lightroom. No, but it, 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 issue. The, the
2: idea here is it's targeted as a one stop shop you want you want this to be your beginning your middle and your end you don't want to need to go off to something else where somebody is you know uh sitting in front of a uh or a, a, somebody wearing a red sweater is beside a red truck and you want to change one of those two things to orange or blue or whatever it happens to be to to give some uh, differentiation between the two you can't do that in Lightroom you've got to go to Photoshop for that Mm -hmm. and I'm not really good feature by the way (laughs) (laughs) I know (laughs) Adobe's
1: gonna take take notes Adobe (laughs) no
3: seriously like that's (laughs) a good feature and I don't (laughs) think that's that's a like a a super pro level feature like like the adjustment brush should have that (laughs)
2: You and know. it doesn't. <laughs> and so, okay. And and I, I could go uh, off on my soapbox. I'm not going to do that. But um, but uh, the idea is that I want a piece of software that makes it easy for me to do everything that I want within the the, the structure that I'm used to, that I'm comfortable with. And and for me, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be able to leave Lightroom. I've got 700,000 images all categorized and, and organized in a way that's very useful for me to figure out. Uh, now, I did note that the on- one raw processor um, has a, a Lightroom plugin. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit, uh, mm. Matt, because I don't know if you're familiar with that. It, it, it mentioned it in the notes, but I know that when you have plugins associated with Lightroom, uh, when you send something to a plugin, it is no longer raw data. Uh, uh, the raw processor happens within Lightroom, the demosaicing process. And then whatever plugin is receiving data from Lightroom is rasterized. It is passed through the raw engine. And I know that your on one uh, uh, raw processor will deal with JPEGs and PSD files and everything else. And it will probably deal with it in the same way. Um, so that plugin workflow, for example, I mean, I, I'm. I, you have to work within the confines of how Lightroom works. So I don't expect you to say, okay, well, yeah, you can freely adjust white balance like you could with a raw file because you would need the raw data to do that. Um, how does that plugin work? And is that sort of a bridge for people like me to dip our feet in the water? Good uh,
3: so it's the, the last thing that you just said. So what we have to maintain is that, you know, on one is it's got an effects plugin got black and white filters. It's got a masking tool. I mean, it's, it's got some of the best masking tools that are out there. Um, so you, and it's got perfect resize. So you've got this whole group of people that use all that stuff that, like you, may not switch from Lightroom, but you still want to use perfect resize. You still want to use your black and white effects. You still want to use you know, your masking tools or or whatever that you're familiar with on one. So you still have to maintain that workflow. So we're not gonna, like, every Lightroom user in the world is not gonna just say, oh, I'm done. I'm not gonna use Lightroom anymore. There's obviously all those people that are still gonna use Lightroom that like on one effects. They like their black and white filters. They like that stuff. So you have to keep that, that plugin open to jump from Lightroom to effects, apply your black and white filter, then come back.
1: And and Don, I think you may have answered your own question a little bit there, because it's, it sounds like the, the architecture for passing image data from Lightroom over to a third party, that's controlled by Adobe, and they pass along whatever they want. You can In the settings, obviously, you could say, I, I want to pass along a PSD or a TIFF, you know, those kinds of things. But as far as access to the the holy grail of raw data, that belongs to Lightroom. So you're, at least today, right? So, in, and as a competitive advantage, I don't know why, if I was Adobe, why I would say, you know what, I'm going to hand over control of this raw data over to this plugin so that you can get more familiar with this other plugin, thereby leaving <laughs> me and canceling your Creative Cloud subscription, <laughs> right?
2: So, you know. Hey, right, there's that. I mean, and you're an edge case, Don, sorry. No, you know, no, I, a- I know that. But I, <laughs> I, I love asking these edge case questions because it kind of takes people off guard. So, and I enjoy but that. No, that. That's <laughs> a good one, Don, because I think there's a lot of people that'll be in your
3: boat. Like you, you said in the beginning, you love resize. So you're in Lightroom, yeah. you know, you are you you just, and you said, you know, you, you need Lightroom and Photoshop. Those are two hugely powerful programs. You need them. But when you want to resize, if you're in Lightroom and you want to jump, to resize, you don't want you don't want to break that workflow that you're used to.
2: Yeah, and and yeah. so like I, I typically use it from Photoshop at the end of a project when I'm focus stacking and whatever, and then I just run it and then I upscale it for printing, especially because that's usually when it comes in uh, at the final end of the project. Um, but I, I need all of these bits and pieces, you know, and I hate having a fractured workflow. I would like it to be as uh, as predictable, as solid, and as um, I I don't want to say easy because none of this is easy. I mean it's a creative process right And so every every creative has to take their own path uh, uh, along this but um, I also and, and I think I, I, I kind of um, uh, implied it with my applause earlier that you are putting pressure on the other uh, raw developers you know that Adobe, pretty much being the only one out there that is of any consequence uh, to the professional market and, and of course, to the amateurs that aspire to it. Let's not forget Capture One. No, there's because, Capture you know, One. The, and then, of the, course, the Canon pitchforks has their, and flames will come out hey, after you. you know man. what? Uh, <laughs> Corel has some really interesting software out there. And there's, of course, Canon Digital Photo Professional. There's tons of software out there that can be used by the professionals uh, and are being used by the professionals. But what I'm saying is that there is a front runner and there is nobody that is nipping at their toes right now. Mm-hmm. And I am yeah. really hoping that On One is going to be that that person that is going to at least make that front runner run faster. Uh, and then maybe on one will overtake them in some ways. And so competition is only good for the consumer. There's no bad That's to great. it. It's so wonderful to have competition. I feel
1: like I may have set you up because I feel like that that is the perfect segue into my next line <laughs> of questioning that I'm going to throw at you, Sarah. So uh, you know, Matt, and this is almost like a focus group that you get, you're <laughs> assuming like pretend you're behind a one way mirror, right? <laughs> so, so Sarah, Sarah, uh, armchair quarterbacking, Adobe has sat on the throne and Matt and I have tight ties to Adobe. We love, we, you know, we're, we're photographers. It's like part of our DNA. It's like fixer in your blood. Right. So, you know, the. Adobe has sat on the throne for quite a while, you know, and in many ways they have created and defined the digital imaging market and are in a lot of ways single-handedly responsible, albeit notwithstanding the talent it takes to use the software. But for most of the creative works on earth today, you know, by a large margin can be tied in some way back to Adobe software. That said... Is it time for a challenger? Because that's how, the, that's how the world goes around, right? You know, you have someone sitting on the throne, whether it's Caesar or, you know, whoever, and boom, something happens, and, you know, they get, you know, augustus <laughs> and they're down, <laughs> the, and now the new guy's in there. So what, is it I time mean, for, is it time for on one, or, or it's ilk?
0: <laughs> There's Good use of the word ilk, by the way. <laughs> 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 ilk. There's always, um, it's always time for a challenger. There's absolutely n- n- everyone wins when there's good competition. So I, I think that is a really, really great thing. And I think it's really interesting, um, Matt, that you guys are, are targeting the, I guess, prosumer or professional amateur you know i'm not sure exactly who you guys are specifically targeting or if you have a a specific target market but that's kind of like what it sounded like but i think that i'm curious like when you say that if you feel like there's still areas that um the professional is going to need um need Lightroom for or areas that you guys aren't able to fill yet in that in like taking on Lightroom as a challenger of, hey, I'm not going to use Lightroom anymore. I'm going to use your software. So, I I want I'm curious to know kind of like how you feel about that so that I know what challenges you think photographers are going to have in, in gaps in what they might be used to.
3: So, I think the best way that, that I can answer that is to say right now it's being developed for our customer, our current customer, and our current customer isn't really a professional photographer. They're they're in that prosumer, you know, advanced hobbyist. Again, they're not shooting every day as their job, but they still want a workflow and they want apps that that they can treat that way. They still take it very seriously and they like it a lot, you know. So so that's the customer. It's being developed for them, um, and then what I think will happen is is version one's going to come out. And you know what, sir, maybe maybe you get a hold of it and you're like, you know what, this does most of what I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be for everybody, but you'll get a hold of it and you'll be like, you know what, I can look through my photos super fast. I can do my edits super fast. It, it's going to have non-destructive effects in there, which is the first that, that I know of in the world, like raw non-destructive effects. Um, you know filters and all that stuff. So it's gonna have a lot of that stuff. Uh, maybe you'll love it. And then what's gonna happen is, is, is if we do our job, as on one, our ears to the ground, we listen to you, and you say, you know what, guys, this is great, but I need an export plugin to a book, my, to a bookmaker of some sort. You know, I, you know, who, who's the most popular? You know, we send our, our stuff to this person all the time. I need some way to send to them right from within on one. I need some way to send to my lab from within on one. I need a print layout. you know, that stuff's gonna happen. And I don't think anybody knows at this point what it's gonna happen because right now we're really developing it for the, the core customer that we have. But yeah. I think that's gonna happen. I, I think there's people you know, we talk about we talk about Lightroom having the throne and all that stuff and mm-hmm. I don't even know that it's so much just about the, I, I think it's that there's all these people who use this stuff. There's some people that love it and there's some people who are like I use it but I wish I just had this. And some of those people will probably switch. Yeah.
0: Well, and on on one could be used really like what I keep thinking about is I want to try it out on my personal photos on like you know, really quickly I shot a few photos. I didn't shoot a whole wedding. I shot like 20 photos on a card and I want to just look at them I want to do a couple quick edits and send them to my mom you know it's like I don't want to open a Lightroom catalog I don't want to do any of that I don't want to feel like I'm working I just want to feel like I'm playing and I and I feel like when I saw what you were what the software was capable of in the cloud-based uh, options like all of that felt very much like oh my gosh this might be like a really good solution for my personal side of my of my life so maybe it can entice professional photographers to tr- try it that way um see how much they like it and kind of learn what the limitations and you know give feedback and then maybe by you know version two or something it might be ready for their professional workflow
3: yeah I think that's exactly, I think that's exactly it. And that's what's going to happen. I mean, heck, you you mentioned your mom. So, you know, my mom is, she's actually getting more into photography. So she just got like a Sony a7R and she, you know, she's like, she's into this. Um, She wants a little bit more processing power than, again, just the free apps. But Mm -hmm. it's tough to teach her. The Lightroom Photoshop workflow. It's just Oh yeah. It, 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 it's tough to teach to her. Um, but she wants it. She's, you know, and, and she's invested in it. She's invested thousands of dollars in in camera equipment. Um, she doesn't want a dumbed-down product. She doesn't want something with just a couple sliders that you, you know, a brightness slider that it yeah. moves everything. She wants she wants something a little bit more because she wants to feel cool about it. Um, th- this is this is for her too, you know. Let's look at the the um, I think, you know, you got the, a lot of the baby boomers are in that age where a little bit more time, a little bit more money, and they want to jump into this stuff, but they don't necessarily need to jump into the tool that the professionals are using. Um, so I think well, there's like a, a place Cataloging there too.
0: Well, and all of that just is like a completely foreign language. I'm still trying to teach my parents how to like download an app on their their computer. I mean... Yeah literally i went through that with them a couple days ago so so (laughs) i want it to
3: be super super simple and super powerful if it's simple if it's fast and if it's powerful then then i think it can go from just that that audience that wants well i just want simple but it can grow beyond there they're not going to you know these the engineers behind this are are obviously keeping options open that hey we can plug in what we need to plug in if you need books you need labs if you need these things you know that's the idea is is that that this can grow to what it needs to
1: you're building the architecture all right guys we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and i want to continue this discussion because i have a couple more questions for you matt since you're on the hot seat um uh but uh we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break to thank our big sponsor for this episode and that's our friends at FreshBook. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, We use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and... You know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, Freshbook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or you know sort of messing with our creative juices with Freshbooks you can invoice clients it's easy you can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger you're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff you can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone you can bi- whip up business reports you can stay on top of your income expenses and tax time is coming up so with a couple of clicks you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com/twip, enter the code this week in photo or twip in the How did you hear about us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com/twip and enter twip in the How did you hear about us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of this week in photo. All right, guys, we are back. Matt, the, the direction I wanted to take this in is is kind of related to what you just said about how you want to appeal to the masses. And Sarah was lamenting having to, you know, teach relatives how to install apps and all that. Um, on one, th- so looking at this raw processing engine, and since you guys are of the, you know, 2016 and beyond and looking forward, not backward, the huge obvious industry for you, for, I would say, for folks to be focusing on is mobile, right? With these, these new high-powered tablets out there that are every bit as powerful as a laptop and, and many desktops. Are we going to see this level of high-performance raw processing power on iOS devices and Android? God, I hope so.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so Put them it, on the seat. <laughs> put them on the hot seat. No, I mean, <laughs> that's, it's, you know, on On1's pretty cool with, it's, not like we don't keep things that closely guarded like I think to survive you have to go mobile you know it's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. we have to you know it'd be silly to think we can we can survive in a, in a non-mobile world and people are just going to keep using all of our apps on a desktop so so the the roadmap is there um the blocks are in place now so there's there's on one photo via which is kind of like it's like mobile, mobile browse And so the idea is, is that as you make your albums and your favorites in, if you're using the on one browse, then that stuff's on your phone and your tablets and all that stuff. So the work that you're doing on your desktop to organize gets put over onto your phones and your tablets. And then on your phones and your tablets, if you're taking photos and putting all that stuff, you can put that into those same albums and favorites and that gets shoved back up to your desktop.
1: Like, but well, that's that's like uh, that's like Lightroom Mobile, right? Yeah. I just had I just had the the product manager for Lightroom on uh, Twip Talks. We just released the episode today as we record this. It's the second of, of May, and uh, you know that's what he was saying. Part of I think it went unsaid in that interview, you know, but it was the fact that Adobe has a team that's working on mobile and web, and you know they're they're pushing forward on that space is an indication that they're serious. about that space, and they understand that it's, you know, that's the direction that everything's going. Dude, heck, yeah, dude. They got a, they have Josh
3: Haftel from Nick. I mean, dude,
1: Josh. Yeah, that's
3: who I interviewed, Josh Josh is the real deal, dude. Like, that guy, that guy knows more about this industry than, than, he's forgotten more about this, this, this stuff than I'll ever know. I mean, Josh is the real deal. He was, he was a, there's a reason why people love Nick Software and Josh's input to that is is a big reason why. Um, so yeah. heck yeah, it'd, it'd be si- silly to think Adobe's not huge, um, hugely going after that space, and yeah. we yeah. have to. You know, it's it, it's it's there. Um, it's cool. It's like, I, you know, I, I'm going like super honest with you. Yeah. I Photovia, uh, which again is the, is the mobile browse, I kind of I never really caught on with it. Um, mm-hmm. It uh it, it came from it came from another app which I didn't used to like that used to plug into Lightroom um so it came from there and I didn't use like this app so I let that cloud my feelings about Photovia and yeah. uh and then finally I'm on a call and we're all we're on like one of our weekly conference calls and like Matt you, you got to dive into this I'm like all right I'm going to give it a shot and um and you know what Photovia is actually how I organize my my favorite desktop photos to my tablet and my phone um, and I like it. Like, I, I, like yeah. I'm like I, I had to I had to swallow my words because I'm like, all right, guys, this is actually pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and you know what it was is, is we really kind of took the Lightroom component out of it because Adobe yeah. solved that with Lightroom Mobile. So there's no reason yeah. to keep saying we had this plug into Lightroom Mobile because it was already solved. You you didn't need it. Yeah. Um, and when we yeah. did that, and we just concentrated on being because I love browse. I love on one browse for for just searching through my photos to being that. That circle between there, it, it's actually a really really cool program. So the framework's in place to have your photos back and forth. So now there's the editing part of it that's got to go back and forth. So right. it's it's on the roadmap. I mean, obviously, we got to get it on the desktop first. Right, um, right. But yeah, we'd be silly to think. But it's you guys, nothing. you're
1: obviously are you're, you're looking at it. Here's here's another one uh, that I want I wanted to zing in there, <laughs> and it is. It's not bad. It's not bad. Don't worry. Um, it's about uh, just competitive advantage. So, Adobe sitting on all of our subscription revenue every month coming in has a mountain. I would assume they have a you know they're well funded. Let's say right. So, what's to stop an Adobe from saying, on the one hand, I mean all you know acquisitions of of IP aside, all that stuff. But if they just say, oh yeah, that's we hadn't really thought about raw processing that way. (laughs) Let's, let's, uh, let's rebuild the, uh, the raw engine in camera raw to be real time and offload all the math over to the graphics processor, thereby in some ways, you know, taking the wind out of your sails. Is that a fear for you guys that Adobe would say, because they're, they're engineers too, right? They're going to say, how can we make this better? Oh, that's a
3: great idea. Let's do that. You know, Uh, you know what, man, I, 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 I I expect it to happen. It's not. It's really not a matter of if will it happen. Um, yeah. I think it it will happen, and and at that point, just keep listening to the customers. Right. I mean, really. Yeah. It, it, I like. I I don't know if you're looking for a more like controversial no. answer, but no. I I want no controversy. It is. It's my job to ask these questions. It's keep listening <laughs> to your customers. You know, uh, we got Don. I mean, he loves resize. We we've got all these people that that love on one for all the things that they grew to, to love on one for. And you just keep listening to them. You keep listening to what yeah. they're telling you that they want. And, uh, and I, I think there's room for everybody in the whole, in the whole mix. That sentiment, I wish
1: you would telegraph that off to some of the larger camera manufacturers out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, to listen and give the customers what they want. I'm not going to name any names, but,
3: you really? know. I, know want, I want them all to shoot in DNG. <laughs> That's what I want. There you go. There you go. DNG would be Just great. Just give me but, one file yeah. format. They all shoot in it and we don't have to worry about all these conversions and all this crap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm not
1: even going to take it down the mirrorless DSLR route. <laughs> no. <But> I'm going <laughs> I want to switch gear. That's another that's like 15 other shows. Um, I want to switch gears. Uh so that was great, Matt. That was awesome input on this, but I'm not, I'm not going to let you off the hot seat yet because okay. uh story number 2 is not about software per se, but uh, it's about just raw files in general. Let me read this lead-in. It says, a recent opinion article by Australian photographer Daniel Cheung challenges the long-standing belief that photographers should never release raw files to their clients and provide some reasoning as to why he believes it's okay to to release raw files. So, uh, Sarah, Sarah France, um, basically he's saying, you know, you read the article. So, I, yeah. you know, and we'll link over to the article. It came to us from Medium. But it, the, the whole idea, the ethos in the photography space has been, you know, don't give away your negatives, you know, because if you give that away, that leaves room for anyone to reinterpret your work however they want down the road. It may not be what you intended. Yada yada yada. Plus, they won't know what to do with them anyway. What? Where do you now? This guy's saying, "No, give them the raw files." What, what do you think?
0: Um, I mean, we have we have had clients. I have several clients who are photographers. So, a lot of our photographer clients want the raw files. I totally get it. It's like having having that raw image is like the highest quality version of their photo that they could store and have. So for a lot of them, it's for archival purposes and I, and I totally get it. So um, we don't have a problem giving raw files to our clients who, who need them or want them. Um, And most of the time, you know, I don't even go back to raw files after I process JPEG. So I don't expect that they will go back and, Go through and do the whole edit again if they want to. By all means, go go do all that work. I mean, I did it one time around. I, I it's a, it's a lot of work, and I doubt people really want to do it. But if they want to, um, yeah. then I say go for it. Just don't you know publish it one as of, like one of the analogies s- that was drawn image. in
1: this one. One of the al- analogies that was drawn in this this was um, and I've used this before too was the idea of a cook. You know, instead of giving yeah. you their their final dish, they're like, oh, yeah, and here's my dish, but I'll, here are all the ingredients to make my dish with the recipe, you well, know, or maybe even not with the recipe, right? So here's everything like, I use to make the dish. So yeah. make it, make and put my name on it, too, by the way.
0: <laughs> so. I would, well, I would never give away raw files without also processing JPEGs and giving them okay. and giving them like processed images that are the delivery and final Final finished product. That's yeah. that's what we're here for and what we want to do, um, and I want to deliver a final product to my clients. If they then also want the raw files, um, and and they have a you know good reason to want them. I mean they can have them Um, in most cases it's a case-by-case basis for us but we don't have any reason not to give them a copy of them it's not like in the old days when it was film and if you gave them their film you literally didn't have it anymore like you can't just make multiple copies it was like Here's your film. But I'll tell you, I have rolls of film still that I tried to like find clients and give them their. I was like, take this. I don't want it. I don't need it anymore. You know, Um, there was a time in my in my career where we were trying to do that as well. But with being able to deliver raw files to clients and and give that to them. Um, it's really a matter for them in most cases for our clients is them just wanting to store those images and have the most amount of information for each image because they don't know what's coming down the line. I mean, in 10 years, there could be something really amazing, but you need a raw format in order to be able to do it or mm-hmm. add it to your photo. And that's that's what they want. They want that like security and confidence and um, ability to have that control over their uh, over their images, and uh, like I get it. I I feel like a lot of times we try to hold on to things that aren't as important as um, we want them to be, or as we feel like they are. And instead of listening to our customers, like Matt says, um, I find in the photography business a lot of times we are fighting our customers so much, uh, and it doesn't make sense to me in in a lot of cases it's like either stubbornness on our part or um ego on our part as yeah. well sometimes yeah. kind of gets in the way and i think yeah. i think with the raw files and and giving them raw files as long as you're delivering a finished product to your client um also allowing them to have their raw files i don't i don't see any reason not to. I don't see any argument here, that's proven that.
1: Here here are Chung's or Chiung's arguments to to giving away the raw files. So he's he's in alignment with you, Sarah, or he's against you. So you're saying give the raw files. He says never ever. And here's here's some reasons why. He says raw files are not the final product. Prospective clients may get the wrong impression. Special tools and processing are needed for raw files. It allows editing and manipulation without your consent. Clients are unhappy with unedited photos, quality over quantity, and loss of potential clients. So I think
0: almost every single one of those is assuming that you would only give your clients raw files and not process JPEGs, though.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is he mm-hmm. like talking like a shoot and burn?
0: Yeah, like shoot and burn with raw doesn't make any sense.
3: Yeah, is he like saying, hey, I'm going to shoot and just burn a disk and give it to him? Like... Yeah, that's kind yeah. Of I happened. don't think so.
1: I, I think it's just like in general. Do you do you give them away? And I don't know. I Sarah, you've you've convinced me to some degree because I'm like uh, in my brain, I'm like, no, never ever would right. you give away the this it's raw like your data. First allow instinct. me. Yeah, allow me to interpret it into what I think the final piece should be, and I'll give you a high resolution file of that. But I'm not going to give you a half baked cake. But that's from an artistic standpoint, but from right. a, a historical and longevity standpoint, yeah, what if, what if I'm gone tomorrow yeah. and all of your wedding files or whatever files are on my Drobo, which is now in some cold storage locker or formatted or something, yeah. and now they're all gone. And I was the only link in the chain to get to those. Don Komareczko, what about you, man? I mean, would you advocate giving away raw files to your clients?
2: No, um, but the idea is, um, is synonymous with a lot of what Sarah was saying. And uh, so I I can kind of maybe bridge the gap here. Uh, I got married recently in 2014. And uh, when we were approaching our wedding photographer, I I knew not to ask for the raw files. I mean, I I wouldn't want them. I wouldn't want the job of processing them. That's what I'm paying the photographer to do. Um, Right. But what I asked was uh, give me 16-bit TIFF files of everything in addition to the JPEGs. I mean, that is the best possible compromise. Those are the archival quality images that have been processed with the artistic intent of the photographer that I hired because I I liked their artistic intent. Uh, And so I, I don't need the raw files. I have the finished highest possible quality images that I could ever obtain, uh, and I have no work for me to do on my end. Now, let's say if I were to sit down with a client, I would say, okay, well, I'm not going to give you the raw files, but here's why. I would show them the editing process on an image that might take five to 10 minutes to edit, and I would show them how I would go through that process from the raw file to the finished piece. Uh, And then I would say, okay, this is the process that I go through for every one of your images. I do not want to give you the beginning. I want to give you the end. I will give it to you in whatever format that you deem adequate, Uh, whether it's a JPEG or a TIFF file or whatever it happens to be, but you're going to get the finished product archival or whatever format you desire. Uh, And that's Mm going to work the best for you. And so that... I I think offers the client the best possible results and allows the, the artist to do their job properly. Um, I, I, I agree. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you. I
1: think that, that is, I mean, you basically what you just said, just kind of nullify this entire argument. Don
0: (laughs) Well, it's great, but the pro the problem with it is, is that with every single, like the consumer thinks that the raw file is the best file. That's the, that's the issue we have is, isn't that the raw file is, is, or is not is, is that that takes education with every single client and convincing them when they have been told by everything else in the world that the raw file is like King. So Mm -hmm. it's, it really like I could have that conversation with every single client that asks for the raw files or. You, know, you can make I it can... a
1: selling point and say, hey, unlike all those other paranoid <laughs> photographers, we at France Photographers give you the raw files with a smile.
0: Right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> for mean, the low, low price of, right? <laughs> you know, I, 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 but I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Don.
2: I, I want to go back to, to like uh, bridging mediums here. You know, uh, Ernest Hemingway rewrote the end of A Call to Arms 39 times completely because he did not like the words that were on the page. Uh, and so as an artist, as a photographer, we have to figure out what is the absolute best interpretation of our art? Uh, now, I mm-hmm. do like I spend hours and hours on images and anybody that is buying a print of, of my work, they're not going to see the raw file. Nobody sees the raw. F- oh, students in some of my Photoshop classes, they see the raw files because they, they figure out how to work yeah. with them. But uh, that, that, that's a different case. So I, I think to myself, in any use case, it is a five minute discussion for any potential client to avoid sending them the raw file, but giving them something far better. And if you're not willing to spend five minutes with your client, well, then what is your client worth to you?
1: Again, we're we're talking about potatoes and potatoes here because yeah. on your side, Sarah, it's clients and family and precious memories and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's
0: a totally different not that kind your mem- of
1: client. Yeah, it's and a, a different Yeah, On your side, Don, it's right. It's commercial, right? It's commercial yeah. stuff and you know, yeah, of course. You're not gonna give those guys, you know, the raw files. On the family side or personal, even model stuff, I would you know, I'd be a little bit softer with making sure that they have what they need in case something happens. Matt, what about you, man? Are you a, are you a raw
3: file giveaway? Uh, You know what? Don used the best word before uh, artistic intent. So, so my guess is, is is when anybody's hiring um, me to shoot something, you guys to shoot something, they're, they're hiring you for your, your final image of the artistic intent. As Don said, Mm -hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a five minute discussion. Um, you know, and I also think we all know that I could give somebody a high quality JPEG or a high quality TIFF. And just because I intended it to look a certain way, that doesn't mean that that person can't buy Photoshop and do whatever they want to it. There is
0: really <laughs> no difference between giving them a raw or giving them a JPEG in yeah. the fact that they could take that image and do whatever they want with it. So
1: I Even guess that's less where success I, the problem
0: that like, or where it doesn't make sense to me is that if I'm gonna, if they want the raw file and that's gonna make them feel good about having their images and being able to store cater and to their keep delusions images, of grandeur,
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Then I the five minute conversation I have is more along the lines of like, yeah, I'll give you your raw files. This is why you'll never look at them yes. and why you'll never use them, but you will absolutely have them. Absolutely, no problem. Love it.
2: There is one caveat to this, is uh, Uh I I do send raw video to clients that have commissioned me to shoot video work. I just recently uh, did a series of video shoots for BBC Science for an upcoming Nature documentary, and uh, they get all the raw data. I do no editing because... The artistic intent is not mine; it is theirs. Yeah, and yeah. so they need the they need the raw materials. Yeah. Exactly. So you send them un uncolor
1: corrected, just straight,
2: straight out of out camera, of camera so that it. there's no compression besides what the camera did to create the footage to begin with. So they Perfect. get the best possible material to work with.
1: Really good point. Really good point. All right, guys, we're gonna do the the picks of the week real quick here. This uh, Matt for you, if you haven't heard this before, this is the segment where we give our guests. Uh, that's you guys, the chance to pick anything to recommend to the TWIP army. All it has to do is be related to photography somehow. Matt, I'm going to let you go last. Good. So that you can <laughs> <laughs> so you can have time to find one. You scared me for a second.
0: <laughs> I know, you're like Matt, sweaty. you're going to go first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Matt's going last. Uh, Sarah, you're going first. What's okay. your pick of the week?
0: So we've been really, really happy into doing album design and... Having a lot of conversations with our clients about um, not as much about raw images, but about having a finished heirloom piece um, for their family, for themselves and making sure that they have they have an album to kind of um, cherish for generations to come so a couple of yep. the pieces of of services that we've been using a lot right recently have been fundy they just did a new release um i think we t- we talked about it on the wedding show that i was on uh the wedding uh the wedding twip i think is what you guys yeah. call it <laughs> yeah twip close weddings. enough twip weddings, twip weddings. <laughs> i was there i was there uh, yeah. And Fundy Software is amazing, but they've just done a really great job of making it really simple and easy for us to get the designs that we want for our clients. So we've been doing a lot of pre designs sending clients pre-designed so that they can get a visual on it and feel like the end result's going to be a lot easier and it's just phenomenal like i'm really impressed with what they've been able to do Uh, and with their new release of version seven it's just uh, really gotten even more powerful they have really great like drop zones you can visually as a visual person it's really nice to be able to just see the layout um, and pick one and be like, yeah, that that's what I was going for. So uh, Fundy was one of them. And then they also now have a direct connect to Fineo. So you can design specifically for a Fineo album and then directly send it to Fineo from Fundy, um, which is also really, really great because we love our Fineo albums as well. They just have really cool covers. And we've been doing a lot of sample albums for our venues and stuff as and. They have this really cool, like glass cover. It's kind of mm. like um, it's like a frosted glass, but um, almost like you'd see on a funky shower door. But it just looks really, really cool and always is very eye catching. So we love those for our sample albums because when they see them at venues, they're like, "Whoa, what is that?" So we love a lot of their materials and stuff like that too. And they've been really, really great to work with. Their turnaround times really fast. So. We're excited to have a lot of new albums and stuff out there. And I just and wanted the, to tell...
1: the Fundy, Fundy plugs directly into Fineo, is what you're saying?
0: Yeah. So you, you design and then you send it straight to Fineo from Fundy. And that's really a great feature because you can pick the cover right there. You do all the stuff. You don't have to export it and then re-upload it. And that just took so much time before. Um, and, and now it's just so much quicker. Nice. Yes. Look at that. Yeah,
1: and I got, to, I got to interview and meet those guys at WPPI. Really, yeah. really cool folks. Cool folks over there.
0: Awesome. Cool.
1: All right. Perfect pick of the week. I'm going to
2: drag this out so that Matt still
0: has time to go it. <laughs> uh,
1: Don, Don Komarechka, man. What's your pick of All the right?
2: week? All right. Well, I wanted to hold up a box of a Canon 5D, uh, a Canon 1DX Mark II, um, but uh, it did not arrive today. Well, actually, it, it kind of did, but the, uh, the folks at Aiden Camera that I pre-ordered it from and said that I was the first person to pre-order it gave cameras to other people, so I'm a little sour about that. I could have had a camera in Uh-oh. my hands today, but I'm getting it Wednesday, which is after this is recorded. Uh, so I don't have that. And you called them out on Twitter I called so them out on Twitter right. There you go. Um, <laughs> but so I, what I do have in my hands and something that I've been using a little bit lately is the, uh, the road, f- uh, filmmaker kit. And so this is a really interesting piece of, uh, audio equipment, uh, for photographers. If you're doing interviews or if you're doing, uh, tutorial videos or anything that requires you to have a good audio source on camera, um, It's pretty simple. So what this is, is it's a little receiver. And this receiver Mm -hmm. ends up uh, being sort of uh, mounted on the camera. And this little cord will plug into your audio uh, port on your camera. So it's really, really simple. Uh, And then on, uh, on your person... You'll stick this in your pocket, and you've got a lavalier uh, microphone that we'll uh, fish up through your shirt, and then have right uh, next to your, uh, your your lapel here. And so that's exactly yeah. what you're going to have to get that proper audio. It works remarkably well. I've had no issues with it. The audio quality is absolutely fantastic. They even give you a little dead kitten. I'm not sure where it's run off to at the moment. Uh, what's the what's the distance that you can uh, that you can move away from that transmitter? I I have not reached that distance. I mean I've gone like oh. I don't know, 50 meters or so away from the camera, uh, just doing some mm-hmm. tests and stuff. And then I'm listening to the footage after the fact and my audio doesn't cut out. So I, I, maybe it's saying the list on the website, but I don't think you'd be any further than that to do it adequately. Yeah. So it's a really awesome piece of equipment. And the thing is, it's far cheaper than all of the alternatives on the market. Sennheiser makes an amazing piece of gear that does exactly the same thing at, you know, 50% more on the price tag. So, uh, yeah, Rode yeah. does an amazing job with this piece of hardware and I've been really happy with it. So the, uh, the Rode, uh, I, and I've got their video mics and some other, other, uh, hardware as well, which made me look towards them to think, okay, well, yes, they're cheaper, but I've been happy with their quality in the past. So their filmmaker kit has, uh, has definitely gotten a, uh, a check mark on the win category for me.
1: So Matt Kleskowski, looking at this, you, I mean, you've been doing tutorials and audio and video stuff for a long time. Looking at this Rode Wireless Filmmaker Kit, is this something that people looking to get into video should consider, or should they wait a couple of months and buy the Sennheiser?
3: Uh, heck yeah, dude! I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to get one. So, <laughs> I mean, you know what? Because I do, I do a lot of, um, I don't, I don't do, I don't create video like for people to go watch my video taking skills, I, I yeah. do video of myself teaching. Um, yeah. and that's, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I don't, I don't have, I'm, I'm, I'm my crew and sometimes I hire my son to come help me. But, um, so anything go. that yeah. makes that easier is, is big for me.
1: Love it. Cool. I wrote this down to Don Comeriska. Thanks for, uh, denting my wallet yet again. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're <that>. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, Matt Klaskowski, you're on the hot seat, man. This is your very first pick of the week in the history of TWIP for you. What is it? I'd
3: like to show you. See, some people think that this cracked iPhone is is really not. It's it's a problem. Can you see the crack? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I see it now. So no, I like to I like to throw this out as my pick of the week that everybody should have a cracked iPhone because. <laughs> No, I tell you what. Talk amongst yourselves. It's free. Talk amongst yourselves for ten seconds. I just have to get it, and I'll show. I got a good one.
2: Okay, this better be well, good. Fr- go Frederick, ahead. you have a pick of the week, don't you?
0: Yeah, don't I you do. Let's go pick of the week? No. Well, I saw it listed I... in the
2: show notes.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I did write it in there, didn't I? <laughs> okay. So while 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 Matt. <laughs> Matt is no, Matt. he's back now. I'll do mine after he's back. <laughs> mine is actually pretty good too. So, i uh, yeah, this better be good. Right. Matt.
3: So, I am a uh, I am a um, I'm a landscape photographer mostly. Um, I am a long exposure junkie. Uh, so I love, uh, I love my filters. I've used just about every filter system that's out there. The, the one I'll pick, I'll, I'll throw in there is I settled on, um, it's from View. So, VU. Is the name, view filters, but yeah, they're uh, they're this filter system. But it's really it's like it's one of the the best filter systems I've ever had. Number one because they did something really different. They put the polarizer right into. I don't know if, if you guys can see it, but we've all seen these places where you know you slot the you slot the ND filters into into the sides there, right? Yeah. The polarizer is right there. Yeah, it's in. So the polarizer's already in there. Um, you're not having to, to mess around with with kind of clamping it on top, and all the other systems kind of I, I think fail at it um, but it's just it's super easy to, it's a circular polarizer you, you probably can't see there's little ridges that you turn yeah. yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah I see that yeah and this is this is the the thing that actually helps you mount it onto the the camera lens, but um Super awesome, and and they make two versions of it. They make one for the mirrorless, which is like sixty seven uh, millimeter thread size, and then they make the seventy two or seventy seven. There you go. Yeah, but look at that. it's uh it's, it's 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 really it's. I'm amazed. Number one because I switched to mirrorless, so I love the fact that the thing is just so small. Like you got to see this thing. Like look at. Let me pull one out. You know how cool it is when your filters are now that small. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's, I have a little pocket in my bag for my filters. So. I mean, they're, it's you know, it doesn't sound like a lot. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's my uh, yeah.
1: And how much does that thing cost? What is it? I'm trying to so find the So I price. think
3: each filter is like eighty bucks, eighty nine bucks for each filter. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you pay for the the kit. Uh, I think one. Oh, the mount? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that. Um, if you go under. Oh, I'm going to find it's it. It's under products. Uh, Let's see. What is professional it? filter holder, holder
1: systems. Holder systems. There you go, right there. 89, 150, 105.
3: 89 okay. not bad,
1: though, considering what that's not some of them cost. <laughs> and Then that's for your 75 millimeter, and then 150 for the 100 millimeter, and 105 for the 150 yeah. millimeter. And then there's a filter, and oh, it's a filter holder. And this one the, on the far right has a circular polarizer. Is this the one that you have with the circular polarizer built in for three D? No, I have the first one. Okay, this one on this side. Okay, all right, eighty nine bucks. So what is that? Four hundred eighty nine bucks so far <laughs> that I'm spending on this episode. Awesome, Matt. That was good. That was a perfect pick. I, man.
3: I, I, you know what? I mean, I like them a lot. It's really, uh, it's been nice to have uh, that little system in my bag. I love it. All right. So uh,
1: my pick of the week is kind of related to photography. So if you've decided that you want to sell stuff online, whether it's your photography or a PDF or a video tutorial or a preset kit from Lightroom or whatever, uh, for a while, it's been really hard to do that. You know, there's been some services online that, that purport to make it easy, like PayPal and some other ones that make it easy. But Gumroad is a service that makes it ridiculously easy. I mean, it's – what I like – and you guys – we'll we'll put the link to to the site in the notes. But what I like about these guys is that they – when you install – when you set up a free Gumroad account, first of all, they take, I think, 5% off of every transaction plus a quarter. And that's it. That's all they get. So when you sign up for your free account, you start selling – You you. Basically, takes 10 minutes to configure a product. Like, say, it's Don Komarechka's Magic Sauce presets for Lightroom, right? So, he puts that together. put create that. Put, put it together. That's zips it up. Uploads it to Gumroad. They give you a little snippet of code that you can share, that you can put on your blog, on your website, or a link that you can share through social media. Then what happens when people click, click that link, they go to a beautiful landing page. If they click the embed code that you put on your blog... It does a beautiful modal pop-up of a shopping cart with your thing in it ready to sell. It's just it's just beautiful, very well implemented, and it was um, one of the founders, or I guess the founder of the company is one of the guys that used to work at Pinterest, and he left a couple years ago to go build this thing, and it's kind of the big deal for independent creatives, particularly musicians, I think that are wanting to sell their work online but don't want to invest in building a giant website and e-commerce systems and SSL certificates and all that stuff, they can just set something up here and immediately, like within the same day, start generating revenue. So I thought this was good, especially uh, because we very rarely do, at least recently, um, kind of recommendations about marketing and photography, which is kind of near and dear to my heart. So this kind of gets back to that. Go check them out. Gumroad. Dot com. You know, they're not affiliated with Twip in any way. I just kind of like what they're doing. I like the their mindset. They're kind of like Matt's mindset for On1. They listen to what the customers want, and then they build it. Like with Gumroad, uh, I was I came across them about a year, year or so ago, and one of, the, one of the things that I told the CEO back then was, yeah, this is great, but you guys don't have any kind of affiliate-type marketing facilities in there. What if I want to sell something, and I want... You know, my, my good friend Matt with his giant audience to go help me sell this thing. You know, they didn't have that facility built in. now they've thought about it and they built it in, which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. 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 It was really, really cool. So, yeah, definitely check, check them out. Gumroad.com. All right, guys. We're at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. Sarah France... What's coming up with you? Where, you know, what's, what's next on your docket? I know you're probably traveling someplace exotic again with your drone.
0: We are heading to Mexico. One of my photographers is getting a married mm, on Saturday. So all the team is heading out um, and going to Mexico. And uh, that's going to be really awesome. So I'm excited for a week, a week off.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: yes. also um, I'm going to be out in Austin when I get back kind of helping launch you know our new location in Austin so we're don't just blow over that you've got a new location
2: <laughs> yeah. what is up with that I know you I feel have like a new I location? talked about it
0: because I talked about it on Twip Weddings but we launched, no. um, we wa- we launched France Photographers Austin and we are actually looking at a couple other cities that we're hoping to launch so um, don't, we're hoping to come up to the Bay area where you are, of course, because we love it up awesome. there. Um, awesome. but yeah, we have one photographer in Austin. We're looking for two more and, and we're just like really excited about, um, what Austin's turning into already. We have, we have a really, uh, great photographer out there that I've been working with for years and I'm super excited about having a team in another city and I'm gonna be shooting going out and shooting some weddings out in Austin and really just kind of talking to teams out there and talking kind of getting to know the industry out there as well. Um yeah, and we we're just excited, kind of putting the feelers out. We are looking for team people to join the team um other amazing photographers we're not looking for photographers who just want to shoot and and that's it like we do we want other entrepreneurs because that's how who we are and I want to work with more like-minded photographers like us so um I'm excited to see the team grow and kind of continue to watch that grow you know slowly and and evolve kind of in the process we don't want to take things too quickly but that's definitely um, on the docket, and yeah, we just That's
1: great. That's it, great. Congratulations on the growth. Thank you. I, feel like I, I knew you when you. Well, I guess you had, you were well on your way to being a celebrity wedding photographer when we first met, but now you're expanding, and you know, I, well, not internationally yet, but you're <laughs> at least nationally, maybe internationally soon, right?
0: Never know. You never know. We might you just never have know. to. We I might mean, have to go into Paris since we are France I photographers. Was yeah, I was uh, going to say, that would be the obvious choice. <laughs> so just saying. You know? and, yeah, for sure. And then, um, yeah, it, we actually, I just got it featured on Digital Photo Pro Magazine. And I just have to give a shout out because um, the writer, Meredith Wynn, did just such a phenomenal job. I mean, I think you you guys know, like, if you've ever had anything written about you, it's really, really hard to read it and be like, ugh. I mean, I guess they kind of got who, what we're about <laughs> and who we are. But so, when yeah. you get a writer that, like, just so is on point, it's so nice. So, um, if you guys get a chance, read the article. I just, I was really like, I was really tickled at how well um, she kind of got what we were doing and. And I was like, I want to hire her for more stuff. She's amazing. <laughs> and, and, of course, the people stuff. at Digital Photo Pro Magazine are amazing as well. So we, I put a link in there for you guys if you want to link to it.
1: Look at that. I'm looking at the article now. Look at this. Okay, I'm gonna read it. I'm actually I'm putting it again in my putting it in my pocket right now. <laughs> things so, to buy
0: <laughs> and things to read. <laughs> yeah,
1: things to do right there. Cool. All right. Anything yeah. else coming up for you, sir?
0: Um, no. It, I mean, we've just got a lot of travel, a lot of weddings. It's gonna be big. We've got a. We actually do have our first big dream team wedding coming up. So a dream team wedding is all three of us in San Diego. You get the whole team shooting your wedding mm. in one day. So we've got a big dream team wedding coming up um, at the Hotel Del in san diego and we're just really excited about doing some of those we're we're in the process of hopefully booking another one um we want a couple of those a year it's just really cool to have such big weddings um that we can have the team there for you know
1: yeah yeah good yeah all right well and thanks for coming on the show again it's always good of
0: course it's so good to see you
1: and your lights just go out as soon as I say that. Boom! I know. Lights go and out. And I'm out. All right, Don Komaretska, man. What about you? What's uh, what's what's coming up on your? Well, I've got a number
2: of workshops coming up. Some of them are sold out. Uh, th- this coming weekend when this uh this episode airs. Um, uh, but I do have one that still has some spots left. Uh, on May 29th, it's my full day macro photography workshop, and it is so much fun to like. We've got award winning gardens. I was out in the backyard today, got a sunburn, and I'm so happy I got a sunburn. In Ontario, we finally have sun. This is wonderful. I was going to say, does it, you guys actually have. It's like a, a celebratory there, huh? event when you get your first sunburn of yeah. the year up here. It's wonderful. Wow. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm preparing for all of that. And it's a really fun workshop. We dive into all areas of macro photography, the challenges. We play with water droplet refractions. We have a lot of fun. So that's coming up May 29th. And that's the last workshop that I think I have scheduled uh, because I'm, I'm holding off. The month of June is off for me. Because because my wife and I are expecting our first child, and, and uh, wow. uh, she's expected to be born on June 12th, if uh, everything goes according to plan. So that's coming up that's very great. soon. Really excited for that. And um, uh, Frederick, I, I, I do want to sort of call it out on air while we're still in conversation here, uh, because we haven't uh-huh. officially mentioned it in a while, and I want to change that. Um, because, uh oh, no. Well, you and I, uh, you know, we've we've talked a number of times uh, off, off the record, but. I'm making a podcast, and uh, it will be out yes. very soon. Um, I, I've yes. actually been putting a lot of work into it today, even, and uh, I have. Good. Uh, we recorded our first episode, and that's in the can. My final, uh, my my final, uh, uh, I guess, sort of bookends of of commentary on the next two episodes are done and ready to be submitted. And my, oh, Well done. We we'll just launch this and, thing, then, man. Well, and come on. my, uh, my, exactly. Let's just launch it. Let's just go for it. Uh, the logo and the yeah. the music and everything is all done and we've got uh two more bookings for uh, uh recordings coming up this coming week and so there'll be five in the can before we launch and let's just launch it whenever let's just do it let's 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 draw a line in the sand on let's say that this kid
1: needs to show up before your real kid shows up <laughs> because you're not gonna have time after the real kid gets here and i have a feeling she's gonna take precedence well over why your don't we set a date <laughs> right now how about june 1st there, there you, you go, go draw lines in june 1st it is you heard it on this week in photo don komarechka committed and if we don't launch by june 1st don what's an email address that people can contact uh, you uh
2: frederick at uh no uh <laughs> yeah there you go uh there don at go. komarechka.com uh by all means feel oh, free to give me any hate mail you have uh i will oh, take God. that in stride oh, no. no hate mail please we don't have time for that life's too short for that
1: all
3: right. i've got all plenty right well, i can cool, share man. well by thanks the way.
1: <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we all get we get our first.
3: You know what? Just, just uh, go to Petapixel and read the uh, read the latest post.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I'm gonna read that. We'll link to that then.
3: No, thank you for really bringing it up. Just, you know, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you know, know discussion know. threads on 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 controversial topics like a new raw processor coming out.
1: Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. People. People. The, anything to polarize. You know, photographers love to be. They love to have something to rail against. No, no, or for, photographers right? love to have
2: opinions, and then the internet takes right. it from there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> whether it's JPEG versus RAW, Nikon, Canon, mirrorless, DSLR, you know, whatever, potato, potato, it, it, Mac. It PC. amazed
3: me because, like, I mean, we can we can get in a whole discussion on this, but. It's like, you know, one of the things, like, the press release for On One Photo Raw said was, you know, super easy, this and that, and, and all this stuff, and and I think we've probably all either been, seen, known, talked to somebody that's had a hard time learning Lightroom or Capture One, and, and so I even said, uh, you know, he said, well, I Capture One, I have Capture One, it works for me, and I said, that's great, but it's kind of a hard program to learn, and he replied, and he got in this, going back, he's like, no, it's not, it's easy, I'm like, oh my god, like... Seriously, like Capture, I mean, it's a great program, but it's got a learning curve to it. Like, if you thought Lightroom was hard, yeah. Capture yeah. One is, is, it gets Anyway, we can go on and on. Right. Well, well, we'll do that another episode, but Matt, uh, so what's, well, what's coming so up? So, first off, you? congrats I mean, to Don and Sarah. You guys got a lot of cool things to go on. I, I don't know that I have a whole lot to follow you guys with. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah's trying to trump everybody, very, uh, bringing uh, her baby on camera. I'm very thankful <laughs> to, be, uh, to be with you guys. Don, I tell you what, man, I, I, I love your work. I, I kind of want to come out to one of your macro workshops. Um, oh, thank you. Um, no, I'm kind of You're serious, always welcome, <laughs> by the way. Just let me know when. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what do I got going on? I am uh, In June, I'm going to be at the Out of Chicago conference with Mr. Frederick Van Johnson.
1: Boom! All the cool kids are going there. Same. Well, I mean, so not all of them. I'm a few of going. them. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's what
3: I said. I rephr- so we will. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get, get hang out there. We're yeah. just talking about that. We need to hang out soon. So that will be our our chance. Yeah. Um, and then I'm uh, yep. I'm teaching a, a landscape photography workshop in Glacier National Park. Um, Ooh. Very cool. I say that, I think it's sold out, so that's okay. Um, and then the only, I yeah. mean, you can always find me. Um, we've, uh, part of, I'd mentioned in the beginning is I'm on, I'm at on one for education. Um, I, I, they, the developers bounce stuff off me. Um, every week we have this thing where I go to, uh, I, I edit my own, I edit my photos while the developers and everybody sit in and kind of ask me questions about what I'm doing and what I'm using most oh, importantly. Nice. So, um I'm there for that but I'm really there for education and uh if you go to uh, on1.com/plus uh you will see that that is kind of like our little membership educational area as part of on1 so
1: Oh look at this. Okay so from within there I didn't even know about this Matt. What's it's a super okay, secret so- place. So on one slash plus, I'm at a page. It says starting at forty nine bucks. What do I get for forty nine bucks? Um, so
3: it? it is a uh, it's a private it's a private website. Um, you can see it's got we kind of call us coaches. So we've got me and we've got these guest coaches that that jump in. Um, it's basically it's basically a personalized learning. Um, yeah. There's there's tons of videos in the video library. Uh, there's you know videos on anything you can want but what i always kind of felt was missing was some place to ask questions when you watch the videos and uh and Very so that's cool. really what we wanted to create here was just more of a community and and a coaching place where people watch videos and then they come come ask questions so i'm on there every day that is that is really the bulk of my job is uh is is i get to play and interact with plus members and um it's a lot of fun it it has being that close to to the people that my videos go to and being able to talk to them, I have to say in, in over 10 years of education has been the most educational experience for me um, because it, it's changed the way that I teach because it's when you actually really get to talk to everybody about it. Um, it's pretty cool stuff.
1: Love it. Love it, and the, the site looks really nice too. Very yeah, we design. do we do photo
3: critiques. We do we do things where you send in your photos, and then we go through and we edit we edit some of your photos and kind of show you what we do to them. There's discussions. There's live stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, look at that.
1: Very cool. Congratulations, man. That is really cool. We'll we'll help get the word out. We'll link to it and. Uh, yeah, TWIP Army, you should pop in there and check it out. I had no idea this resource even existed. So, very that is where cool. I spend my days. Very cool. All right, now we know where you are. So, <laughs> all right, guys, well, that's it. God, we went a little bit long for this episode, but hey, we had a lot to talk about. So, uh, we are like, I, uh, just for me, just real quick, like Matt mentioned, I'll be at out of Chicago in June with, uh, Matt Kleskowski and a bunch of other photographers. And then in October, I'll be at the out of New York conference and you could probably figure out where that is. And then, uh, Twip or the Twip school is debuting a new product coming up next week as we record this, I believe it is. So it's May 2nd. So next week, uh, we'll be launching, something pretty cool to the uh, to the Twip school and to the Twip audiences. So check that out. And that brings us to the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank FreshBooks and Out of Chicago for their support of the show. And also, be sure to visit our website over at thisweekinphoto.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc. And be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. <laughs>
2: And photo is a pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha
0: Jamakar.